Hey everybody, you are listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 20, and I want to do something special with episode 20, uh, something that I've been pondering for doing for a while since I started this podcast, and that is to occasionally have interviews. And I am blessed and thrilled today to be able to interview the first person that I would have ever wanted to interview for any of my podcasts, uh, and that is my lovely wife, Megan Humphrey. Today we're going to be talking about uh, dating, finding the one, love, marriage, and all of our experience and the joys of uh, doing all that uh, up to the point in which we found each other. And I think you'll find today's episode pretty interesting because um, you know, you'll find out that our relationship and how we got together was not exactly a uh, straight arrow <laughs> in order to find one another. We weren't college, we weren't high school sweethearts. We weren't college sweethearts. We weren't even sweethearts in our mid twenties. Uh, we didn't find each other until we were, you know, roughly thirty <laughs> years old. Um, so, for those of you who may be listening, who might be a little older, uh, and you maybe in your mid twenties. Uh, and you're still looking for the one. Well, you know, I hope you can learn something um, from today's show. And maybe if you're already married, and blissfully so, and have been married uh, for many years yet, um, you know, I still pray that uh, you can get something from our talking and musings and perhaps, uh, you know, maybe have some wisdom not only to reflect on your own life and maybe make sense of uh, your own past and history, uh, but, uh, maybe you can give some wisdom to somebody else and Hey, maybe you'll even like this in this podcast and we'll even share it with somebody else. So I, uh, highly encourage you to do so, but without much further ado, let's get into the topic of marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Love, true love. <laughs> marriage that dream within a dream or so I've been told <laughs> uh, anyway everybody let's go ahead and start today's interview and but if by the way in case you don't know uh, what I was just referencing the little skit uh, the princess bride fantastic movie from the 70s Make sure you watch it if you have never watched it before. Uh, and I worry there may be some of you out there, especially some of my listeners who are in Canada. I don't know. Do, do Canadians watch American movies? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, without much further ado, Jimmy and Megan Humphrey interviewing for today's podcast. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. So this is... The interview I've been promising, uh, it is I, Jimmy Humphrey, with his lovely wife, Megan. Hi! I'm so glad to have her on the show today. It's something of a miracle, because Megan, in spite of being a public school teacher, uh, is not one who likes to say much and stand in front of crowds and be the center of attention. Um, if like, you know, if, I, if you were to put me on a stage, they couldn't build a stage big enough, according to one of my friends from college. They wouldn't uh, be able to get you off. That might be part of the problem, too. But Megan is a little more uh, humble than I am, you know, so. <laughs> but today I thought it would be great to have her on the show um, because, well, I thought... You know, going forward, I'd like to do some interviews with people every now and then. Not too often, but every now and then. And I thought, what better person to interview on my podcast than my lovely wife, Megan? So, uh, you gotta start somewhere, guys. I gotta start somewhere, and frankly, I don't have too many people that are probably willing to come on the show. And she's coming on for free. I mean, my God. Uh, so, you know... Uh, but hey, maybe this will, you know, make us rich and famous after this interview. And One can only hope. One can only hope. My meager, big, bad banker income and your... <laughs> Even meagerer teacher <laughs> income. 
Yes. So, uh, you know, I'd like to thank my love for coming on the show today and talking with me. She normally talks at me, so this may be different. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if she can handle this today. You know, there's a lot to handle here. Um, so, uh, today we want to talk about uh, marriage, you know, and how we got together, because I think that's a fun story to tell. Uh, it's a short story, because it didn't take long. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, it took long to get together, but once we were together, we were like peas and carrots. So, uh, you know, this will be fun today. Uh, I'm going to kind of interview Megan, sort of. Uh, I'm going to ask the questions for once in this relationship. Uh, <laughs> I might answer. She might answer. She she often likes to ask me questions like, do you really think the Tupperware belonged there? I mean... Because um, it does. You know, but, well, except for when I put it there, then it's the wrong place. Um, and she'll... So anyway, but she's she's a lovely person. She's I, I love living with her. I love being married to her. We've been married now just under six years at the time of the recording of this podcast. Uh, and we've been together just under seven. Uh, Megan and I met the old-fashioned way. In this day and age. In this day and age. It, for, for all the future progeny that we may have one day and future generations that are listening to us when we're rich and famous and when they're taking tour guides of, tour guides of our house one day. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we, we met on eHarmony.com. Back when people used to meet on eHarmony.com, now they, I think they all meet on Tinder. I don't know. Thank you, Neil Warren. Thank you, Dr. Neil Warren. We love you. We, 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 we wrote to your show, but you never invited... Or we wrote to your website to tell that, hey, you helped us get together and get married. And uh, We're still waiting on a call to be in a commercial. Yeah, we still haven't been on the commercial where I'm spinning her around and smiling and acting like we're at you know a photo shoot of some sort and acting like we're happy. Uh, uh, instead of what normally goes on around here. <laughs> be nice. Now, it, it, it should be funny because especially, you know, Megan can make... I can say things that are, are you know, a little uh, pointed sometimes with my humor. And Megan just makes faces. Uh, she, she, she may not get to... I wish y'all could see the one I'm making right now. Right, I know. So, anyway, Megan and I, we met through E harmony.com how was eHarmony for you my love I mean it was it was everything that the commercial promised me that it would be um, you know I went online and took their compatibility test endless endless questions and I felt like I was answering the same question over and over again um, just in a different way but I guess they were just trying to make sure that my answers were consistent um, so that they could truly match me up with the person that I was meant to be with. Um, and, I mean, they did match me up with some some interesting people. Um, ironically, my cousin and I were matched up with the same guy at the same time. It wasn't me, was it? No, no. it was not you. I mean... I <laughs> she went on a date with what, him, and what, then she which, called me to tell me not to I go forget on a date which, with him. I forget which cousin. Hillary. Hillary. Okay, yes. man. <laughs> So, um, I don't think I got matched with Hillary. So. No, you did not get matched with Hillary. But uh, Hi, Hillary, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, so definitely matched me with some interesting gentlemen. Um, I did go on a couple of dates with some different guys, but um, ultimately you were the one that was it for me. I was your last first date. You were. And I'm thankful for that. So, how long of a period were you on eHarmony before I came into the world? Let's see. I probably... Probably six months, I would say. Okay. So, six months at $30 a month? <laughs> so, you spent $180 to meet me. And by the time I met you, I knew you were worth every penny. What an investment, folks. <laughs> what an investment. Well... I can't even count how many times I was actually on eHarmony or Christian Mingle or Craigslist. 
<laughs> you laugh. But, um, I only well, laugh because I know it's true. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Plenty of fish was one. I don't know if that's still a thing. That would be interesting. Interestingly enough, I had a female friend who uh, tried to sign up to eHarmony. And eHarmony told her she had no matches. And I was like, what? How could you possibly get on eHarmony and not have any matches? That's their job is to match you with somebody. And she's like, well, I don't know. But, you know, my friend, she was a little on the eccentric side, to say the least. And uh, could be kind of bipolar. And I learned uh, through the grapevine that eHarmony and their 100,000 questions that they ask you. Um, it that, is a lot. It is a lot. That... Uh, that Probably they actually took me three hours to complete the question. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But they uh, they actually use that as an opportunity to filter and screen folks for common major mental health issues. So if they detect like that you're chronically depressed or um, you know uh, bipolar or schizophrenic or you know suffering from mania or something like that, if they detect that through Dr. Neil Warren's you know compatibility thing uh they will block you <laughs> which you know just makes you all the more crazy if you because <laughs> now not only are you depressed but you're alone <laughs> they should create a separate website just for people that get right. rejected by eHarmony well, I wonder what they would call that well, it's probably plenty of fish or Craigslist. Almost <laughs> Yeah, almost harmony. <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah. Instead of plenty of fish, it would be bottom of the barrel, uh, scraping by. So, yeah. So, I, I can't even count how many times I was on those dating websites. I noticed that, uh, you know, when I first used them, of course, I didn't really have a very good job and didn't make a lot of money. And, and I guess I looked like somebody who did. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, so I, uh, and I, your pictures were very professional. Were they? We, they were. By, uh, by the time I, probably by the time I, by the time you saw them, they were because I was kind of doing photography as a hobby uh, at the time, and I was really going to great lengths. Uh, I was impressed with them. Thank you, thank you. And so were a couple other girls, apparently. Uh, which you were dating at the same time as me. Which I was dating at the same time as me. That might not be Josh Harris, I kiss dating goodbye philosophy uh, sort of uh, thing. But that's okay, because apparently Josh Harris doesn't believe in God anymore. So uh, so I guess I really showed you Josh Harris. Anyway. Um, uh, but, you know, it's uh, interesting because I, I did date uh, quite a few girls. By date, I mean like... Go out for uh, coffee or what have you. Uh, originally, I started off doing like the more ex expensive dates, like dinner and things like that. But uh, I went out with enough people that I was like, man, not only am I paying Dr. Neil Warren for the opportunity to sit here and look at people's pictures and read about them, but uh, I'm also having to take them out too. So well, after you had three dates in one day or in one one right. weekend, this is true. I I I I you couldn't afford. Expensive dinners right, every time. Right, like you know, so yeah, it, like well, I was hitting it pretty hard as far as how many uh, folks I was getting matched up with at one point. Uh, it was uh, interesting to see, to say the least. So by the time I got to you, I was like, I'm just down to coffee. <laughs> so we went to Amelie's French Bakery in Noda, which is in uh, northern Charlotte. For those of you who are outside the Charlotte area listening to this show. Um, and so we went there, uh, which was was great. Do you want to tell the folks, uh, the listening audience, about our first date? So, so it was great. Here comes this dashing man who, thankfully, he... Say that again. Who, Say that again. <laughs> this dashing man, so handsome. Thankfully, the guy that walked in the door, because I got there first, that's just my nature... <laughs> Um, the guy that walked in the door was the same guy that was in the picture. So that was a definite plus. We were starting off great. Um, but I remember you wearing your blue shirt, which I love you in. <laughs> um, and then I discovered later that you had like four of them. So I, and I the, still do. You do. No, I think you're down to three. You oh, wore one of them out. You got, you got rid of them. I know. <laughs> anyway. So at that point, I had never been to Amelie's before, so, you know, me trying to be all cutesy on the first date was taking recommendations from Jimmy over here about what I should get, and he's pointing to all different kinds of pastries, and you should get this, and you should get that, so of course I ordered a tea. The caramel salted brownie right, is like crack. Caramel, 
Yes. Th- that's what the previous girl I had taken to Amelie's had told me. <laughs> Which you didn't say that. Oh, but, I uh, did it? No, you didn't. Oh. But you did tell me that you highly recommended the salted caramel brownie. Yes. And so that's what I ended up getting, um, along with the tea. And I expected, because it was not dinner time, I expected that you were going to get some kind of pastry as well. And then I turned around and you ordered soup and a water. I like to keep them on the edge of their toes. I like to keep them guessing. Who's this crazy man that I went to to this this coffee and bakery shop, this French bakery shop, and he orders soup. Leek, leek, onion and leek soup. Sorry, I'm speaking in tongues. No. Uh, uh, onion and leek soup, which is fantastic, by the way. But in my defense... I had been working for eight hours. I hadn't had lunch because I worked through my lunch, and I was hungry. But none of this you explained to me. I didn't and owe you so, an explanation at right. that point. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to understand how it you. made me feel when I ask for recommendations, and then you give me all these pastry recommendations, and then you ordered, like... What I sensed as See, that, a meal. That's something like... And I'm like, this is so awkward. I'm sitting here eating a dessert and sipping on hot tea. And here's this guy that I just met who's now slurping up onion and leek soup. And I'm like, okay, so clearly there's not going to be a kiss at the end of this date. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so. well, you know, I, I, Adam hadn't told me to do as much. Adam, for those of you who don't know, is my uh, younger brother. But... Uh, I'm sure he would have approved of that technique. It would have probably played into his uh, bro code. He's uh, probably applauding you right now. Right. He, Adam, what do you think about that? Adam, let me know. You can text me or you can email me at jimmy at jimmyscable.com if you <laughs> want to reach out, Adam. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So I, I like to keep him guessing because... You know, I, you had me guessing whether or not I was. But but, my but see, but see, you know, in my defense, also I was trying to bottle the crazy in, and when that you, didn't come out until but, our second date, right? I because I, I, for those of you who may not know, I'm kind of an acquired taste, and I can be a little intense of a personality. He's an experienced people. That's what I've been told. Like some, like I had a friend that I worked with. Uh, and she asked me, like, Jim, do you have any idea of what it's like to, to meet you for the first time? Like, you're somebody to meet. And I'm like, well, of course I am. But anyway. Uh, so anyway, so we're going yeah. along and, you know, the conversation is going really well. Although you didn't know it at the time, but about towards the end of our date, I, I was very close. Like, I almost fell out of the chair. I, like, shifted in the chair and... Almost ended up falling out of it. Sweeping her off her feet while she was sitting down, folks. Right, that takes skill. She was sitting down and I was sweeping her off her feet. So anyway, so the conversation is flowing nicely, and then eventually, you know, we we ended the date and we're walking outside now. To paint a picture, the Amelie's that we went to is not in the best of neighborhoods, Um, and it was dark by the time we left because it was October. And so it was starting to get dark earlier. But, um, and so we go outside and we're standing on the front porch and the, or the front steps in the parking lot. And Jimmy looks at me and without, like, no hug, no handshake, no nothing. No, you did not. I gave you a, I did too. You looked at me and said, maybe, Mm. maybe. I'll see you later. And then you turned and you walked away. I was left by myself in a neighborhood that is not very good, standing on the porch of this coffee shop. And I literally, I walked to my car, I called my best friend before I was even out of the parking lot, and I flat out told her, I'm never going to see him again. Uh-huh. And little did I know that, you know, eventually he would call me back um, the next week and ask for a second first date is what we decided to call it. Right. Um, but, um, and you know, I, I, I distinctly remember when my mom asked me why I was going on another date with you. And I said, well... He didn't really give me a reason not to. (laughs) That's how you win them over, gentlemen. For those of you who are taking notes, take notes. Yeah. And 
to this day, your parents, your father is still mortified that you left me like that. This is true. This is true. He, he, he was mad at you the first time we told him that story. Right. He could not believe that you did, at the very least, you did not walk me to my car. So thankfully on the second date, or our second first date as we called it, you were the gentleman and you did walk me to my well, car. in all fairness, in the second first date, like we stayed at this bowling alley until the point <laughs> that they shut it down. And, you know, they don't shut down bowling alleys till late. And it was dark. And that was even in a worse neighborhood than the one we were in before. It was in a gravel parking lot. Yeah, and you were parked on the other side of the building. And I was like, man, I hope I don't get raped. (laughs) You know, like, you know, going back to my car. I seem to recall you, like, when you walked me to my car, your response to me was, now who's going to walk me to mine? (laughs) (laughs) It was a pretty uh, dark, like, they didn't even have lights on in the parking lot. Like, I was parked on the complete opposite end of the building. Like, she parked on one side of the building and I parked... Completely on the other plot, anyway. So, so that's uh. But he lives to tell the tale. Folks. I live Obviously, to tell the tale. He is okay. This is the story of my people. Uh, so. So at, at any rate, you know, eventually, you know, we started to, you know, things started to get but, a lot better. But yeah, things got. I think things got pretty good pretty quick because it was four months later and we were engaged. It was. Like. So, like, apparently, that's how you do it, gentlemen. You, 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 like, set a low bar uh, on the first date or two, and then you just hit the home run. And that's, that's what I did, so, yeah. It really sealed the deal for me when you sent me flowers. Yeah. At work. Right. After, I think, our fourth or fifth date. Something like that. You sent me flowers at work. I and I was flowers. like, okay. Oh, he okay, likes me. I he know. really likes me. He's so sweet. I'm so happy. And, and, and that's when she probably unsubscribed from me, Harmony, I'm sure. I think I had... I think at that time I decided to go ahead and start unsubscribing too. But I don't know. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I think I stopped checking as frequently. Although it was funny because even though I had updated uh, eHarmony, you know, notified them that we were in a relationship and then notified eHarmony when we got married, a year after we got married, we were at your one of your cousin's weddings and all of a sudden I get an email notification from eHarmony telling me somebody is interested in me. And I'm like... Whoa! Like, like uh uh-uh, not my man. Right, I was, and I asked, I asked Megan, like, well, is is that okay with you? Because you know, polygamy. Is, we talked about this on the first date. Polygamy is biblical, right? You know, I mean, you Abraham were very had adamant that it was okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I had to. I had to teach you, and, and that I, it was not. And you know, we learned about the entire polygamy thing. I learned that there's. Uh, to, there's a wrong answer and there's a right answer about polygamy. If you ask any guy why he's against polygamy, the guy will usually say, well, that's just too expensive, right? You know, it's too expensive. I, I can't afford and two women. And the real women. answer? And the real answer is, no, that's, that's not the correct answer. The correct answer is, I don't have enough or, or my heart is, well, what is the right answer? No. Only <laughs> I, have I only enough. have I only have enough uh, love in my heart for one woman and that's gentlemen that is the correct answer if you're a woman ever ask you you know one day when they legalize polygamy in this country uh if if uh you know you're okay or again you're for or against polygamy well you're gonna be like well i just have enough love in my heart for one woman and that my friends is the correct answer so we got engaged after a mere four months um, March 16th. March 16th. 2013. No, two th- yeah, 2013. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it happens so quick, sometimes I forget the dates. Um, but. Uh, it's the day before my birthday. How could day you before, forget? Well, I wanted to do it on your birthday, but your father wouldn't let me. So. <laughs> but that made it even more, like, it made it. I think he was doing. I wasn't doing, expecting it the day before. I think he, right, that, and I don't think he was going to let me potentially ruin your birthday and all future birthdays because, well, it wasn't the first time you had been engaged. No, it was not. How many times had you been engaged before you met me? Twice. Wow. I had been engaged once, too. 
So that's pretty cool. Like, (laughs) (laughs) how many people you know between the two couples have been engaged three times? Uh, So that you were my third time. I was your third time. Third time's the charm. So I knew that's how I knew it was gonna work. That's right. So you know, and uh, but it was cool because you know we were uh, just turning thirty. Well, you had just turned thirty, and I was getting ready to turn 30 Seriously? Uh, yeah <laughs> uh and uh so you know um but you know we had both had our share of relationships and uh you know we had dated and you know i had been on eHarmony many times and other places many times and i'd gone out you know a lot of people and i i finally just decided that you know i knew and Granted, I thought I also knew when I was 21 years old, but I was 21 years old and I was stupid. <laughs> Megan wouldn't have even liked me at 21 years old. She, I mean, she There's bar- a distinct possibility I wouldn't have. I, mean, she, I probably wouldn't have liked her either, you know. Probably uh, not. But, I mean, you know, she barely likes me now. <laughs> she, she likes me I now. I tolerate you now. You, you tolerate me. That's love right there. After five going on six years of marriage, she... Hey, last year I gave you a five-year renewal on your marriage This is correct. I have a five-year renewal. It used to be an annual renewal, but once you hit the five-year mark, apparently... I promised you five. She's like, okay, I can do another five. Uh, You've proven yourself worthy at this point. And I've gotten better at uh, stacking Tupperware. Uh, Or rubber, yeah. Better... Not well, great, but better. Especially better than when you first met me, because when you came over to my apartment, I made you dinner one night. You opened up the 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 shelves and tell them what you saw when you opened up the shelves. Well, your your Tupperware was in a cabinet that was very high up. It was like over your vent hood on your stove. And um, so me being shorty short, it was hard enough for me to reach it. But when I opened up the cabinet, um. Nothing is matched, and everything comes tumbling down on top of me, and on the floor, and the stove, and everything. And um, see, she didn't know that in there order were to... no lids to match any of the bottoms, and it, it was terrible, see, horrific. See, she didn't know at my apartment that when you opened up the Tupperware container, that you had to open it up really quick and stick your hand up in there so that you could keep everything from falling out. So, <laughs> yes, the fact that you neglected to tell me when you said, "Hey, that cabinet has the Tupperware. Would you get me one?" Right. You could have told me at that point, but no. I guess you wanted me to experience that. I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it. Or you thought it was funny. I think you. I, I think laughed. I I I think I thought that was normal. <laughs> uh, and for those of little you, little did you know. For those of you who don't know, Megan is an extreme type A personality. I mean, she was not only raised uh, by parents who love order uh, and things put in the right place, but... My you know, father is military. Her father is military. My mother is a very fastidious person. Right. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... Like, I had no choice but to be type A. Right. I was going to be type A because that's their type A personality that they were I mean type a as type. a child you were trained to put things up as you were done playing with them right I, my mother always had the philosophy that I would get out a game or a toy or a stuffed animal or whatever it was and when I was done playing with it I had to completely 100% clean up that game or whatever it was and put it away in its correct place before I could get something else out I think I was trained that way too, but I just chose to ignore it. <laughs> maybe not to the extreme that uh, uh, maybe you were done, but you know I was. But my playroom was we we spotless. we had more people in our household growing up than you guys did. So. Yes, I was an only child, so it was very obvious when there was a mess of toys. I couldn't blame it on anybody else. My mother knew that right. I had made it, and I was the one responsible for cleaning it up. So ultimately, I just learned that lesson on my own, that if I make a mess, I'm the one who has to clean it up, so I might as well do it right. now and get it done. So I uh, mentioned that we were previously engaged before. So I guess that means that each time that we were engaged, we thought we met the one. 
That's you, true. You generally don't ask somebody to marry you if you unless you really think, hey, like, I see things happening with this person. This this may work out for the long haul. I can't say a hundred percent for me that that was the case. <laughs> well, I I I uh, you know definitely thought at the time I asked somebody to marry me that uh, it would be for the long haul, and because. You know, I was going through Bible college and seminary and stuff at that at the time. You know, it was especially like, whoa, she's she's the one, you know, like as a like uh, God sent her for me sort of sort of thing, you know, church praying over it sort of stuff. Um, but uh, I mean, either way, you felt pretty serious each time, uh, you know, that, hey, this person I might want to possibly marry <laughs> isn't, isn't that generally what it means to get engaged I mean I know you know when I got engaged we we called it off after uh, four years of being engaged or whatever so like part of me is like always felt like maybe it was just a another way of saying we were really serious about being a couple <laughs> uh, I don't know did you guys ever have a date set no we never set a date okay. see I was I was many steps ahead of you in that process yeah no we we just like saying Kept saying one day, one day, one day, one day, one day, one day, and then... I'm very glad that one day never came. I am too. Like, it, it kind of sucked when it happened uh, that it never came, uh, you know, but uh, I'm very happy it did not work out, and uh, especially because I think, you know, looking back, that even though, you know, not to sit here and, like, dog my ex... Uh, fiance or anything like that but there were definitely issues that were there that I think would have made marriage um, you know ultimately a difficult thing probably for the both of us um, and you know but I felt like hey there are so many great qualities here I'm going to ignore the really bad ones um, and the really bad ones that even my parents were more than happy to tell me about uh, repeatedly uh, and that other people warned me about repeatedly. But I was just like, nope, I'm young and I'm stupid and I know best. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm in love. You don't know them like I know them. And, uh... They're uh, different around me when it's just me. Right. When they're with other people. Right. Had your family and friends ever expressed... Because they definitely expressed, you know, their misgivings to me about it. And, um... That sort of thing, but had they expressed similar for you? Yes. Um, my father actually still refers to my first ex-fiance as Putt's Head um, <laughs> to this day. And he actually started calling him that while we were still engaged. Um, there's a distinct possibility that he may not even remember his actual name anymore. Wow. Um, because he's just Putt's Head. Um, so, yes. Um... To answer your question, I was, I wouldn't say I was warned, like, don't marry them, we don't think that's a good idea, but, you know, because my parents, ultimately, they would, they wanted my happiness, and they were, well, if you're happy, then you're happy, then we're happy, um, but I definitely had friends and, you know, and my parents did voice concerns as well. Like, hey, you know, we really don't think that this is a good attribute. Or, you know, how they talked to you right then or how they behaved in this situation. I don't think that was the way to handle it. Um, and, I mean, there were a lot, of, a lot of things that I overlooked. And signs that were miles above being a red flag, what people would consider a red flag. They were far beyond that. Um, but I just didn't want to see it for what it was. Um, I, and, you know, like I said just a minute ago that, you know, I got further in planning my weddings or both of the other engagements um, than Jimmy did um, in that with my, with both, with the first engagement, the we had many deposits non-refundable had already been set i had my dress the invitations were addressed and sealed with stamps on the envelopes wow <laughs> yes um 
and they we spent all day on a on a Thursday and a Friday addressing and getting the invitations ready to go. They were supposed to go out on Monday. I left on Sunday. So, and I took the invitations with me, thankfully. But, um, so we, I was definitely a lot further along in the planning. We had the church, we had the dates, we had, I mean, everything was set. Um, in my second engagement, we weren't as far along in the planning, but we were, um, we were definitely, you know, we had, we were looking at invitations. We were, we'd already set a date. Um, we had a church picked out and, um, so. Well, yeah, that's a lot further than I definitely got. Like ours just ended up being like a, oh, here's a engagement ring and we're engaged now and we're going to get married one day, but you know, we're just going to, and one day led to the next and led to the next and never led anywhere else. One day never happened. And then, you know, she ultimately decided she wanted to try move forward with something in her life and that's something ultimately did not include yours truly uh so which is great i'm so glad that happened uh because you know i I really realized at least for myself i don't know about you but i really felt like at some point with the relationship that i was having to to almost kind of force it to happen um and even though you know didn't force the marriage thing even though i probably at the time I probably should have, but I felt like, you know, I was trying to force things to work, even though I was actually upset about some things that were going on, um, in the relationship. And sometimes I didn't even express, like, I don't even still know to this day if, uh, my ex, you know, has any idea about some of the misgivings I had, um, during the time, but you know, I kept it all bottled up inside in a very healthy and constructive way. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, you know, so I think, you know, at least when it didn't work out for me, it was like, it was a crushing, uh, blow to me at the time simply because, you know, I was really trying to force things to work. Uh, and I felt like I was ultimately the glue making it all work. And, uh, um, I mean, I can speak to the forcing things to happen because my first engagement I had started dating the guy my our sophomore year of college and we dated all through college and when graduation time got closer it became the age-old question we have two options here we can either get engaged or we can break up and go our separate ways well we're sitting there looking at each other and we said well I don't want to break up with you well I don't want to break up with you well then the only thing logical at that point is to get engaged. Right. And deep down, we both knew that we didn't want to get engaged. Um, and I moved up to Virginia, moved in with him and his parents and his sister. And, um, and I was just miserable. I was so unhappy. And, you know, it's, and things just weren't happening in the time that we wanted and the way that we wanted, but we were putting on a happy face and we were ordering invitations and we were picking out flowers and booking all these reservations and we were looking at apartments but never putting deposits down on them. And, you know, it's just, it wasn't, we were trying to make something happen and we knew we knew deep down and never really voiced it to each other until after, long after we had been broken up, um, just exactly why, you know, we were, we were really forcing that to happen. We weren't ready to get married. Um, and you know, we, we knew it, but we just didn't want we didn't want to admit it to each other. And so we tried to force something to happen that we knew was not right for us. And in the end, it just ended up exploding and, you know, becoming a sign that we couldn't ignore. Right. So about signs like that, do you think there are warning signs that, you know, for for those of you who may be single out there, still dating, looking to date, 
uh, that sort of thing. Signs of things um, that indicate, hey, maybe you shouldn't be in this relationship. Maybe you shouldn't get engaged. Maybe you shouldn't get married. I am a firm believer. If I look back on those two broken engagements that I had, I wish that I had listened to my gut and really because if I'm being a hundred percent honest with myself my second engagement never should have gone past the first date there were so many red flags on the first date that so he was that handsome is what you were saying no (laughs) you don't have to answer that he was not thank you you, thank you thank you but you know I mean like on the first date here was a guy who he was he had bounced around from job to job um he was in the restaurant business and he currently had been under a dui and so he didn't have a car he wasn't allowed to drive you know and i remember that being one of the questions me and he took me to a wine bar which is nice but he drank far too much yeah. and then turned around and got on his scooter to go home. <laughs> so, wow. you know, and... You know, one of the questions on plentyoffish.com was, do you have your own transportation? <laughs> they don't ask that on eHarmony, by right. the way. Like, right. They just assume if you can pay the $30 a month to Dr. Neil Warren that you, you probably can afford a car. But anyway. <laughs> and, and throughout our relationship, I knew, I knew deep down that this was not right and yet I stayed with him for five years we had a a house together yeah. we thankfully he was not on the actual bill of sale or the deed of the house right. but um you know in that five years he never got his car back it was always one thing after another and I he bounced from continued to bounce from countless jobs and um then he ended up, um, you know, and, and there were times that he um, would come home drunk. He would hide the fact that he was a smoker, um, which I was morally opposed to. And, um, you know, having to go pick your fiance up at three o'clock in the morning on a school night um, from downtown because they forgot to come home. You know, that's not the most pleasant thing. And those are all definitely red flags. And I knew in my gut that it wasn't right. I knew it. And I knew in my first, um, in my first engagement as well, um, that it just wasn't right. It wasn't right to say yes. It wasn't the right time. But I was so bent on, this is what I need to do. This is the next step in my life. And I was just trying so desperately to force a relationship. And I was never a serial dater. I didn't date a lot of guys. But I would go on a date with a guy, and then that was it. Like, I was hooked. And I would stay with them for five years. Right. But me, you didn't know if you were going to see me ever again. Right. Maybe I'll see you later. He's different. Right. That should have been my clue right there that you were the one I was destined right. to marry. Like, wait a second. I'm not smithing, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, but, you know, I guess, um, you know, you ultimately had a change of perspective about that. I think one of your... Uh, friends, uh, Stacy had said something that I did a podcast on earlier in this series about something. And it uh, is honestly the best marriage advice that I have ever been given. And I've been given plenty between the failed engagements and our marriage. Um, I've had plenty of potential in-laws and potential, (laughs) you know, people in my life, um... That have given me advice, and Stacy truly gave me the best advice. And for those of you who haven't heard the episode, I think it's episode two that I did. I'll have the link to it in the show notes, jimmystable.com. For those of you who are listening may not be familiar with it, but uh, what was that advice that uh, she gave? That marriage should be 
stupidly easy. Say that again. Marriage should be stupidly easy. Because she told me at that point, she was like, life is really hard between bills and, you know, sickness and deaths of people around you and you lose people and just work stuff and things that go on that you can't control. And she was like, but your marriage should be stupidly easy. Yeah. So where do you think uh, God comes into all this? Because maybe it sounds like to me that, uh, you know, I even though I would say I had a, a broken relationship, uh, you know, without a doubt, um, but I, I still was, you know, God was, I always felt like God was still involved in that. Do you, do you look back and think that, you know, you were looking at God much and and those prior relationships, like what God wanted for you in a relationship? I think I was, I wasn't necessarily looking to him, but he was focusing so much attention on me. And the deeper I got into the relationship, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that God has a plan. Right. Um, and I don't know that plan. And being the type A personality that I am, I want to know what the plan is before anything happens. Right. And so I think I was trying to force my situation to be God's plan for me. And I know, and I think what God ultimately was doing was sending me little signals and little signs. And I continued to ignore them along the way until those signs became these like giant neon flashing lights that I just couldn't ignore anymore. It was like no matter where I went, what I did, I was bombarded with thoughts and things that just made me realize that this was not right and that I was forcing something um, that was not his plan. He was trying so desperately to get me out of the situation. I I tried to stay in it. I tried to sit here and say, no, this was this was what I was meant to do. I'm supposed to get married. I'm supposed to help this person that I'm with. I'm supposed to love them enough. I'm enough. I can help. And I just I was trying to force something that was not meant to be in his plan for me. And that was where, and ultimately, thank God, he succeeded in, you know, and I thank him every day for that. So he changed your, because you had a very, like you had different criteria about what you were looking for in a guy after those after that second engagement that I you did. didn't put you know forward in your I spent previous ones a long time after that second engagement um because that was a very very ugly breakup um but I spent a long time after that broken engagement really looking at myself inwardly and going to God and truly just trying to figure out what I wanted. What, if I was going to be married to a person and be with them for the rest of my life, I didn't want someone that I was just okay with. I didn't want someone that... I would circle the block a couple more times so I didn't have to go home right then because I was afraid that, you know, I didn't want to get into a fight or I didn't want to have that conversation with them, Um, you know. And so I I spent a good bit of time um, really soul-searching and praying and figuring out what I called my non-negotiables. What were your non-negotiables? <laughs> Number one, you had to have a car. <laughs> <laughs> and a driver's license. Um, the guy didn't know. That's right. ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> if the guy doesn't have a car, and he can't pick you up, unless you live in New York City and everybody's riding the train, or Chicago, or something like that, like, 
That's the number one rule, ladies. If he's not stable enough to own his own car and you're over 18, don't go out with him. And I needed somebody who had a, a career, not just a job for six months and would then be laid off for the next eight months. But I needed somebody who had a career. Somebody who... Because at that point, I had a career. Right. And I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And I needed somebody who was at that same level as me. And then it was also important for me to find somebody who had a good relationship with their family. And would be would be open to having the same relationship with my family. Um, and then... Obviously, I wanted somebody who was um, who was a God-loving man. Right. That's right, ladies. Nothing more attractive than a guy who carries a big Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So would you th- would you say, uh, looking back, um, that uh, the road you have been on has been a straight one or a little windy? Uh, does it kind of rhyme with a song that sounds familiar to you? <laughs> you mean our wedding song? Our wedding song. What? How what? Yes. What is our wedding song? Well, our wedding song is God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. Good song. And it is an amazing song and it is truly a song that there was no other option for us. Right. When it came to... We had so many other things, so many other decisions to make about our wedding, but that was one that we didn't have to decide. It was, that was our song. Yeah. You know, and that was just it. You know, I think that song ends up being the song for a lot of people, uh, because love and relationships and trying to find the one can be a messy thing, and I think, you know, we live in a very sort of cookie cutter world where everybody just imagines it's a straight line. You know, we hear the story about how our grandparents met in high school and fell in love and, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, while that does, that has happened and that can still happen today. I still think for most people, especially as since so many people uh, today decide to delay marriage and relationships until, you know, they're in their mid to late twenties, if not older. Well, and I know with, with me, um, my roommate in college, who was my roommate for the last three years, um, was engaged to the roommate of my fiance. Right. Um, so we had one apartment dating another. It was kind of a, <laughs> it, it was a fun little thing we had going on. But um, she and her now husband ha- got married shortly after they graduated college, and. They were, um, and they've now been married for 15 years, 15, 16 years. Um, so I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Right. You know, because we had two, two of the same people with similar values and we went in completely different paths. Right. So they're living proof that yes, the guy that you meet in college and get engaged to that that's the best path for them. Right. Whereas it was not for me. Right. I'm a hundred percent positive that I would have been miserable and divorced within a couple of years. Probably. And then I wouldn't have married you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so I don't know. I I guess I, I like to think of it as that, you know, relationships, they don't always, they don't always have this like, you know, Cinderella fairy book, uh, sort of, you know, hap- happy, easy pathway all the time. That sometimes, you know, even though, as, as we said earlier, marriage should be stupidly easy and the one you're with should ultimately be stupidly easy because the heart <laughs> wants what it wants and the heart is a complicated thing. People ultimately chase after things that, you know, aren't good for them, that can be destructive for them. Uh, that even though you see the red alert sign screaming, warning, 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 and your parents and your family, uh, and you just see all these other little red flags going on, you know, you still get involved anyway because there's just, you know, something about them that, you know, you still like at the end of the day um, that makes them unique to you. 
Um, and but, even though you see what everybody else is saying, and you see more right. than what everybody else is saying, and you want so desperately to agree with them, right. the words that come out of your mouth are completely different. Right. And, you and know, you're defending them. And Right. Well, it's crazy, too, because if you're having to sit there to defend them, like, I can remember so many times my parents, you know, I, I had my back up to a wall, figuratively speaking, with, you know, my prior engagement. And, like, I was like, I could sit there and say, oh, I could not only tell you why you're right, but I could even say more, but you don't even know those things. But I was still feeling I needed to, and you'll to defend never know them. Those things. Right, because, like, you know, at this point, you know, it, breaking it off uh, is not an option, and I'm going to make this work. Um, and, but, you know, it, it really shouldn't get to that. So I'm going to tell you out there, if you're listening and you're in that, break up with them today. <laughs> I don't know that I'd go that far. I would just I'm going to go that far. It's my show. Okay. <laughs> take a little bit of a softer approach and say go with your gut and trust your gut don't try to change him ladies he's not gonna change he's gonna become what he is and then more some just like i did i became more awesome i'm a firm believer that i became more awesome right go into a relationship trying to change somebody because ultimately you don't change them you change yourself boom that'll preach ha glory (laughs) but i became more awesome right you did, in I my did. eyes. Which is did. amazing because people who are awesome are exactly awesome. Nothing more, nothing less, just like they said but on that TV show. But every time that we got together and that we went out, I don't know that it's you became more awesome. It's just you showed me different sides. The light got a little brighter. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ooh, he's more shiny. Some would argue that the crazy came out in little dribs and drabs. The crazy did come out. When did the crazy come out? Mm. When did you realize I was a little different? (laughs) Do you remember? Like I said, I think it came out in dribs and drabs. Right. Like it was. It was not. I think it was one of those things where you don't realize it's happening until it's actually happened, and then you're in too deep. She's in too deep. I'm in too deep, ladies and gentlemen. In too deep. Well, thank you, Megan, for coming on my show today. I am so glad you came on to be interviewed. I'm honored and love that I could interview my wife above all people as my first uh, podcast. From here on out, I'm going to be interviewing total strangers, maybe even people I meet on Craigslist. No. <laughs> And if you're nice to me and put the Tupperware away the way I want you to, I might just come back on the show again. Oh, man. She might just come back on the show. Maybe she'll actually even listen to the show for a change. Hey. (laughs) I hear you downstairs when you're recording the show. Right. So, I know. And you talk about your show topics to me. Right. Before you record them most of the time. so, So. So, all my fans out there love my show. And my own wife. My own wife, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we're happily married, as you can tell, because we we fuss at each other. And that's the sure sign. It's stupidly easy, folks. It's stupidly easy. (laughs) And it just gets easier. I have to keep reminding myself of that some days. This is so easy. This is so easy. This is so easy. I need the staples button that says, that was easy. That's right. So, anyway, I want to thank you, my love, for coming on the show today. It's been a blast. I hope my listeners have enjoyed you, too. Uh, Megan's going to remain off the books, so you can't contact her directly unless you already know her. But if you want to reach out to me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. I'll take any and all sympathy you can give me. That's right. So, if you want to (laughs) email her... Like, be like, honey, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, uh, email me. Jimmy pray for Jimmy's, me. Right, pray for her. Pray for me. Pray for her, folks. Uh, no, but in all honesty, like I said before, you you are an experience. And, and most days, I am, I am happy that I'm the only one that gets to experience that experience. But there are some days, a few days, every once in a while, when I just wish other people knew what I went through. So I can get some sympathy. <laughs> 
And there you have it, folks. So thanks for coming on the show today, love. I love you, babe. I love you, too. Oh, wait a second. Tell them what you think about my singing. Oh, it's terrible. But I have a song in my heart. And I wish it would stay inside. <laughs> well, and there you have it, folks. Thank you again to my lovely wife for coming on today's show. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'd just like to give a quick little uh, summary, if you would. Basically, I would take today's interview and say, hey, here's the moral of today's lesson. Everybody's story that God is ultimately crafting, and I believe genuinely in my heart that God is ultimately involved in all of our lives and all of our marriages. Uh, he put Adam and Eve together in the garden. All the hairs on our head are numbered. His eye is on the sparrow. So I believe fully that God is involved in all of our marriages, all of our relationships, all of our comings, and all of our goings. But everybody's story is ultimately unique. And it's not always the straight line that you see on television and hear about from grandma and grandpa. Yeah, it can be those things. Um, but I think more often than not, especially as... Uh, you know, many of us uh, maybe don't start getting serious about relationships until we're in our mid-20s. Um, that there's going to be a lot of zig and a lot of zag. There's going to be a lot of imperfection in our relationships. Um, and you're going to find out, I think, that, that no relationship is a paint-by-numbers formula. You know, I had it in my mind when Megan and I started dating um, that, you know, I'd probably date her for a year or two and then maybe consider getting married. I had no idea, which, you know, most, it's what most people do. You know, they, they marry, they date for a year or two, it seems like, and then they get engaged and then they get married. But uh, I had no idea that I would be getting engaged after merely four months and then married uh, in under a year. So, but you know, through it all, through our ups and our downs and our broken relationships um, and things that didn't work out like maybe we thought with uh, prior individuals that, you know, we got engaged to. You know, that God was with us in it all, even if we weren't exactly focused on God fully. Um, I'm sure maybe, you know, maybe some details that you might hear uh, in our stories, you might think, well, that doesn't sound very becoming of, of Christians. And, you know, you'd, you'd probably be right. Um... But I think that's, you know, how most of us act in the day. Even, even if we're strong in faith, we, you know, have our moments of weakness in which maybe we engage in behavior that uh, isn't very becoming. However, with that said, you know, God is still with us in the midst of our pursuits, even if our pursuits aren't 100% on him. Even if our pursuits cause us to ignore the warning flags that he is signaling to us, those red flags that say, hey... You're not doing exactly what I want you to be doing. And this person is engaged in destructive behavior. And I don't think you should be in, with such a person. You know, and you may hear the voice of God in such circumstances, either through the circumstances and kind of that inner gut feeling that all of us kind of have. But, you know, when we become irrational, when we stop uh, paying attention to our gut, I think that's often when you'll hear the voice of God um, through loved ones, through people that truly care for you. And if you have people, I think, that truly care for you and have your well, uh, best well interest, uh, best well-being in mind um, with you, you know, people like your, your parents, your close friends, uh, close co-workers, and, and, and people at church, you know, if they start saying, hey, Jimmy, or hey, Megan, you know, listen to that. Because I know for my own experience that uh, I had gotten to the point where, you know, I was ignoring those red flags and those warning signals that said, hey, danger, danger, things, things are not as they should be. And uh, that voice, even though I, <laughs> even though I resisted it very strongly and very vocally and very defensively for a number of years, that voice was ultimately the voice of God. And it was coming through my parents and it was coming through other loved ones who I just chose in my own foolish heart to ignore. Um, but it was at that moment that God was able to, in his 
his sovereignty reach down into my life and pull out the rug from underneath me um, and bring things uh, ultimately to uh, an end. And I think that, um, you know, when you, when you have that, that's when you're really seeing God at work in your life. And you can trust at the end of the day that, you know, don't, don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in your own wisdom. Don't trust in your ability to say, oh, I got this all figured out. Because guess what, my friend? None of us have it all figured out. And including yours truly. <laughs> I know I'm so wise, but, uh, you know, none of us have it all figured out. And we have to rely on others. Um, and it is through others that I believe God ultimately speaks. Um, and I, but, you know, with that said, if you've made some bad choices in your life and you've maybe you find yourself in a bad relationship and you're not married yet, you know, consider that, you know, warning sign to be the voice of God in your life. And that voice is trying to help you to ultimately get on the right path for the type of person that God would ultimately have you to be with. Um, and to marry, um, because I believe in my heart of hearts that, you know, God does have somebody for you and that somebody is going to have certain qualities and characteristics, um, and things that make them ultimately compatible with you, um, in your life. Um, and he's going to help you find that person if you just ultimately trust him. Yes, your steps may not be perfect. But I think you can, you know, if you can glean anything from my story and from Megan's story is that God ultimately blesses even the broken road um, and will help you find uh, that special someone that, um, you know, you can marry one day and spend the rest of your life with enjoying and the um, wonders and joys of marriage. Um, so... Everybody, this is Jimmy Humphrey. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Jimmy at jimmystable.com if you want to email me. Or you can check out the, the podcast additionally as well as some other things that I have uh, at jimmystable.com. I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, you can find links to Facebook and Twitter profiles uh, at the jimmystable.com website. Or you can just try looking up Jimmy's Table and uh, hopefully you find me. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hope this has really spoken to somebody. Um, and I look forward to doing more interviews in the hopefully not too distant future. Um, I want to do. I do want to keep the you know a lot of monologue going with the show. I'm having fun saying the things that are in my heart. Um, but you know, I'm I'm impressed by I believe the things that can be generate uh, that you can generate when talking with one another. And I think uh, you know God can speak through that as well um and i look forward to having that i don't know who i'm going to have next on the show stuff to fill a gear out some technology issues but keep a lookout if you've enjoyed interviews like this uh let me know hope you enjoy take care god bless and uh you know look for god to bless your broken road <laughs>